0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 59 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. A couple of days behind. School's been kicking my butt this week. Just a lot to do. But my sales director job is going pretty well right now. I believe I mentioned before I made my first sale two weeks ago, and then I made a sale uh, this past Monday. As well, so things are going well with that, and everything I'm doing at w m c o right now is just fantastic. I'm loving everything I'm doing right now. Um, learned how to in studio produce the other day as far as like like putting a game on the air essentially transmitting the signal over the air, I suppose um and just transitioning them in and out of breaks, the broadcasters. So that, that's, that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a few days behind. Obviously, there's a couple of things that, you know, I've missed. A couple of things I'm going to talk about are somewhat old news. Uh, for example, let's jump right into it. The Super Bowl was this past weekend. And that's kind of old news now. But the Patriots knocked off the L.A. Rams. I say knocked off, like the Rams were the favorite. Um, The Patriots beat the Rams thirteen to three. That's that's a snoozer, right there. And and the commercials, by the way, were just commercials were not very good. It's all about political correctness now, and they don't want to do anything too too pushy too touchy like anything too too close to um uh, inappropriate, I suppose it was really kind of a boring night overall, and the Rams only scoring three points when they were the second best team second best offense all year. And really, the Patriots, them being a good offense themselves, it was kind of disappointing. But I predicted the Patriots. I predicted them to win by. I think I predicted them to win like by four or five points, twenty-eight to twenty-three, I think. And it ended up being thirteen to three. So it's kind of disappointing, but it is what it is. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick got their sixth ring the two goats, the goat quarterback and the goat coach in NFL history. Um but really I think the two biggest stories aside from Brady and Belichick winning yet again and the dynasty continuing is really the how poorly the Rams played offensively. Jared Goff crumbled under the pressure. Really was Inefficient the entire game. I don't think he's a great quarterback to begin with, but he really wasn't wasn't good in the Super Bowl. I think Jared Goff is a product of his coach. I think all quarterbacks are a product of their coach to some degree, but Jared Goff is, I think, mostly a product of his coach than he is a fantastic talent. He has a great deep ball, but he's not great at reading defenses at the line of scrimmage he's not great at audibling. I mean, Sean McVay is in his ear talking, telling him what to say, telling him what to say to his offensive line, to his offense, telling him what to do until 15 seconds left on the play clock when no no more communication is allowed. Jared Goff is not an elite quarterback. He is not an elite uh, reader of defenses. Granted, he's still young, but he, he can't even do it. He has to have his coach do it in his ear. <laughs> so Jared Goff kind of crumbled in this game, and Todd Gurley once again disappeared. I don't know why. I predicted he would have a big game, he would go off, and that didn't really happen. I thought maybe with the two-weeks rest, you know, he'd be ready to go, fired up, and he'd have a 100-plus-yard rushing game. But that really wasn't the case. And. I mean. It cost the, cost the Rams. This is why now I may shift my opinion on the. On the paying of star running backs. Paying them you know 15 million dollars. Like Gurley got paid. Because. Running backs have a short shelf life. They. Running backs typically good ones in the NFL last about six or seven seasons, and then once they hit age thirty, then it's then it's time to cut them off, and you get it you get yourself a new back. And really, the only exceptions to that rule were not or not that rule, but that um to that standard, I suppose. That precedent is like guys like Frank Gore right now. Adrian Peterson is defying age. Um, those kind of guys currently, but really, as soon as you hit age thirty, usually the wheels start to to fall off a little bit, and that's when you move off of your running back and go get a new one. So Todd Gurley, it's really concerning for me because I considered him the best running back in the in football, and he was. During the regular season. He had like 1,200 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns. The man was a beast and he had an MVP caliber season until he was, he sat out the last couple of weeks um, to kind of rest up for the playoffs. But I don't know if he was injured. They said he really wasn't injured. Like, I don't care what my injury is, unless it's like, obviously you can't move and like you got a torn Achilles or whatever. Like I don't care what injury I have, I'm gonna do everything I can in my power to go play in the Super Bowl, man. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm gonna do everything I can to play, and I don't know why Todd Gurley wasn't playing. I don't know why C.J. Anderson was in there for significantly more snaps, more touches. Um, it really just it didn't make sense to me. I have I have no idea why they would even do that. The Rams would. I don't know why Gurley would sit out. It doesn't make much sense to me, but I guess they've got their reasons. Maybe he was legitimately hurt. Who knows? I don't know anymore. Um, But some other notable news in the NFL, um, really, this is the only other thing right now. Um, Antonio Brown, obviously there was discussion with him about being traded from the Steelers. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, There's all this drama surrounding the Pittsburgh organization. And really, I thought once Le'Veon kind of left and he was holding out and he wasn't going to rejoin the team, that this drama would kind of fade away. And it really didn't. I really think about it, it got worse. And the team just crumbled at the end of the year and they didn't make the playoffs. And they were too talented a team this season to not make the playoffs. but. So now the Steelers want to trade Antonio Brown. They want to get rid of him. But now that might be impossible. Or if they do trade him, they're not going to get anywhere near the value they want for him because he's now involved in a domestic violence dispute from back in Jan- I think it was it was either January of this year. I think no, I think it was January of 2018. Now, that's over a year. I don't remember exactly when this was, but it's within the past year. Antonio Brown involved in a... domestic violence issue. Let's, let's look this up to clarify. I didn't do my research, I suppose. Antonio Brown... domestic violence... Or, let's see. So, okay, this would have been last month. Okay, I was right. So, January of this past year, the 18 I was getting was January 18th. So, I was on the right track. But yeah, from January 18th of this year, a domestic disturbance is what it's quoted as, so maybe not domestic violence, so to speak, but that's going to make it really hard for the Steelers to trade him if in fact he was involved in something like this. Because typically you're going to want to try and stray away from someone who's been involved in any kind of domestic dispute, domestic violence. I mean, Kareem Hunt was cut Right on the spot. I mean, when they found out. When the Chiefs found out. And I don't think the Steelers are going to cut Antonio Brown, but trading him is going to be now virtually impossible unless the team is willing to, you know, take the backlash of trading for a player involved in domestic violence. And the... The price tag now for Antonio Brown is going to be significantly lesser. Uh, Before this, you're probably looking at a second-round pick at the most for Antonio Brown. Maybe a first if a team's desperate. Um, But now you're probably looking at a fourth maximum for Antonio Brown. Honestly, you're probably looking at a fourth at the absolute max for Antonio Brown because of this. So this is really just a it's a bad situation for Antonio Brown because he may not get to leave Pittsburgh. And it's a bad situation for Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh may not even be able to trade Brown, or if they do, they're not going to get nearly what he's worth. So that's something to monitor for the future. But now the the NBA The trade deadline is passed. This is where the new season begins. Um, So Anthony Davis, really the big talk of the entire season, really. Is he going to go to the Lakers? Where is he going to go? Celtics? Knicks? Where is Anthony Davis going to end up? He didn't end up going anywhere. Uh, We'll touch more on that in a minute. But some other notable trades. Tobias Harris of the Clippers was traded. He's having a great year, by the way. Averaging 20 points a game. Traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. So now the Philadelphia 76ers have. Ben Simmons at point guard. J.J. Redick at shooting guard. And they have Jimmy Butler. At small forward. Tobias Harris at power forward. And Joel Embiid at center. That is a. a, That's an amazing starting lineup. And outside of the Warriors. That's the best starting lineup in the league in my opinion. Obviously, we need to see how well they gel. They did get a win the other day in Tobias Harris's first game, but we need to see how they fit together for the rest of the season and going into the playoffs. That's a fantastic trade by the Sixers, although they did give up two first-round picks, like unprotected ones for, I believe, 2020 and 2021, or maybe a a 2019 and a 2021 something like that yeah it'd have to be 2019 and 2021 because you can't trade um you can't trade back-to-back picks back-to-back first round picks in the nba for some reason i don't know why you can't do that but um but yeah that that's an amazing amazing trade for the sixers to win now and I think it's very beneficial for the Clippers too, because yes, there are getting rid of a player who's single handedly responsible for keeping them in the playoff hunt. But you're you're getting two first round picks for the future. You've you're gonna clear up cap space by moving off of him. And they have a great shot to maybe land a guy like a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi is the most reasonable, most realistic player, the Clippers could land. You could land Kevin Durant. You could land Anthony Davis next season, or if you want to trade for Anthony Davis in the offseason, you have the picks to do so. I think that's a really, really good trade for both teams. And it kind of works out. Um, so other trades... Harrison Barnes was traded mid game by the Dallas Mavericks to the Sacramento Kings. Traded for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. That's, that's got to be really crappy. Getting traded in the middle of a game. Like, I feel like. Like, I know the NBA is a business and it's all business, but, like, these teams expect loyalty from their players. They get kind of upset when their players want traded away. But then it's the exact opposite when an organization trades a player away. Like it's oh it's just business. But they're personal they feel personally attacked when a player wants to leave and exercise their right as a player to demand where they want to go. Um it's kinda of funny how that works. But the Sacramento Kings are actually a they're they're not a good team but they're decent they're actually in the playoff hunt right now and adding adding Harrison Barnes yes they're taking on a lot of cap space but they want to keep him for the future and he's a night he's a nice player um and we'll see how it pans out but dear like you're going to have DeAaron Fox Buddy Hield Willie collie stein Harrison Barnes, and Marvin Bagley. That's a good starting five to build around for the future. That's really nice. And I actually kind of like this trade for the Kings. Because although Harrison Barnes costs a lot of money, they may be able to restructure that, or uh, or, or they wouldn't retrade him. They want to keep him long-term, but... If they can't restructure that, they still have plenty of money to go after a free agent in the summer. I don't think that's an attractive destination to to players, but it's certainly possible They have the space for it because all their other players are on rookie deals for the most part. Um, The Washington Wizards traded Otto Porter Jr. to the Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Um, And that's actually good for the Wizards because they're clearing off a bad, bad uh, contract. Otto Porter Jr. making $80 million. That's not a good contract. Um, And you're getting Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is still on a rookie deal. Jabari Parker's not making much. Um, But I like the trade for the Wizards. I don't like it for the Bulls because they're taking on a bad contract. There really are. Um, other news for the Wizards: John Wall uh, he ruptured his Achilles. He's going to be out eleven to fifteen months. So, Wizards playoff chances are down the drain. But they're getting Jabari Parker and Bob Porter's two nice young jabari parker's kind of taking a step back but portis is a nice young player parker is still decent and they're significantly cheaper than what they were paying Otto porter jr so and then really i think the biggest trade in my opinion really one that's not really being talked about that much markel folks traded to the orlando magic for jonathan simmons a first-round pick for this year, and then a second-round pick for um, 2020. And I think this is a great trade uh, for, for both teams, but mostly I think it's great for Markel Fultz. Philadelphia is kind of a big market city for the NBA. They're a big sports town. They love their sports in Philly. And you kind of can't really get out of the public eye in Philadelphia, um, and especially the way Marco Foltz, his story really being drafted number one overall. You're then, you you your shot goes completely down the drain, like trainers and coaches kind of f- tried to fix Marco Foltz's shot, and it, they made it significantly worse. I mean, the dude couldn't shoot if he he couldn't hit a he couldn't hit water if he was standing in a boat, Um, and and then he had injury issues as well. So things weren't going well for Markel Fultz, and obviously he was being scrutinized because he's in Philadelphia, and you know when you have Joel Embiid there. Ben Simmons, those are very, those are marquee guys. Joel Embiid is a guy who is a big personality. You know, the public eye is going to be on you. And so I think being traded to Orlando, a team that's kind of growing, and it's not really a big market for the NBA, trading him there, it gets him out of the public eye. People aren't going to be paying attention to him as much anymore. He'll be able to work on his shot, work on his game and get healthier doesn't have to worry about anyone breathing down his neck talking to him whatever and he can actually bud into the the player that he needs to be i mean this guy arguably was the best player coming out of the draft i i think mark Fultz was the best player in the draft during the draft process and then when he was drafted, he, first of all, he had injury issues, and then they changed his shot up. And I don't think that's entirely on him. I think this, this kid could have been a star coming out, and still very well could be, being out of the public eye, and he'll be able to focus on getting healthy and working on his shot without anyone watching him. I think it's great for Markel Volts. But now, finally, back to Anthony Davis. Um, so, Anthony Davis wasn't traded. Only one team offered anything for Anthony Davis, and that was the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, the Lakers were kind of bidden against themselves, and they eventually stopped because they wanted the Pelicans to actually in, participate in the trade discussions. And supposedly, Del Dems regardless of what the Lakers were going to offer, they could have offered LeBron James. (laughs) They weren't going to take any offer that the Los Angeles Lakers took, as far as what reports say. And the Los Angeles Lakers offered six players, four draft picks, and even offered to take on salary and provide cap relief For the Pelicans, they offered Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Michael Beasley, and Rajon Rondo, plus four first-rounders, and offered to take on Solomon Hill's contract. And he's due to make $12 million next season in 2020. First of all, that's just a gross overpay for Anthony Davis. That's way too much money, or way too much involved. You're giving up – the six players, I guess, is not too bad because you got to make salary matchups somehow and you got to include assets. But four first-round picks is a ton. Plus, you're taking on salary cap, which is what the Lakers absolutely did not – they do not need to do that. Taking on salary cap, if you get Anthony Davis and you take on that salary of Solomon Hill – you do not have the ability to go after a third superstar in the offseason unless you were to trade Solomon Hill away in the offseason. And quite frankly, I don't know if anyone's going to take Solomon Hill from you because they know exactly what you're going to do. It's go and get a guy like Clay or Kawhi, or Jimmy Butler. That was a absolutely dumb offer by the by the Lakers. And somehow Del Demps Del Demps did not take it. And he should have. But he's too hung up on the Celtics. He's too worried about Danny Ainge and and trying to get a player from them. They want Jason Tatum. And I don't blame him. I would want Jason Tatum too. But people forget Danny Ainge has orchestrated four of the most egregious, most lopsided trades in NBA history. He orchestrated a trade to get Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett into Boston to form the first big three. Two separate trades right there. He then orchestrated a trade to acquire a gross amount of first round picks from the Brooklyn Nets by trading away. Like, by trading Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and Kevin Garnett. And they got Three or four first-round picks from Brooklyn destroyed Brooklyn's franchise for the next five years, and then most recently, the the Kyrie Irving Isaiah Thomas trade. The Celtics gave up Isaiah Thomas, Ante Zizic, and a first-round pick for Kyrie Irving, and then Kyrie Irving, or, and then Isaiah Thomas. Just flatlined, and with his hip injury and his hip issues, it was a smart move by the Celtics to get rid of him and get Kyrie, and then leave the leave the Cavs with essentially nothing. Just Danny Ainge is a master negotiator of trades, probably the best GM in basketball as far as negotiating trades. And here we go again, Dell Demps. Sees these sees the chips that the Celtics have. Jason Tatum. Uh, maybe they would want to take on Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving. Something. And Danny Ainge, he's going to do the same thing that he's done to so many other franchises over the last couple of years. He's just going to pull the chair right out from underneath him. Doug Gottlieb filled in for Colin Cowherd on the herd uh, recently, and he made the analogy of Charlie Brown and Lucy, how Lucy always holds the football for Charlie Brown, and she always pulls it away right when he goes to kick. Del Demps is Charlie Brown, and Danny Ainge is Lucy. And Del Demps is thinking there's a chance that maybe this time... Lucy won't pull that football away, but but Danny Ainge is going to pull that football away again, and it's going to be another lopsided trade, and it's going to destroy the new England new New England New Orleans Pelicans franchise for multiple years. Dell Demps should have taken the Los Angeles Lakers offer while he could. All right, so moving on from NBA trade deadline. um, Kevin Durant recently has just ripped the media. Kind of went at the media and now he's taking Flacka on his own. He's ripping the media for their coverage of NBA free agency. Because they won't stop badgering him about... (laughs) um, about where he's going to go in free agency, because obviously the, the New York Knicks rumors are legitimate, they're real. And to be quite honest, this really wouldn't be a problem for Kevin Durant if he just wouldn't leave it open-ended. He could either just say, I'm returning to the Warriors, end of discussion, or or just not say anything at all. He could just not say anything at all, and that would be fine. Because then you can't, the media can't use your words against you. Because you haven't said anything. Now the media could also spin it and use silence against you. But I don't, like all, Kevin Durant just has to say, right now I'm committed to the Warriors. Or you just just say, I'm committed to the Warriors. And that's it. That's non-binding. Kyrie Irving said, well, Kyrie Irving doubled back on it, but he said that he was committed to the Celtics. He was going to re-sign. And then, you know, obviously now he's saying that he doesn't owe anybody anything. And now there's talk about that. But that's all Kevin Durant has to say is just like, hey, I'm committed to the Warriors. Discussion over. Or he could just be like, I'm not focused on free agency right now. I'm focused on this season. End of discussion. We don't talk about it until July. And, you know, Kevin Durant seems to be dealing with the the Golden State, the the Bay Area media really well. Um, I can only imagine what he's going to be like in New York, the media capital of the world. How's he going to deal with the media there? If he's got problems with the, the Golden State media, the media in the Bay, what kind of issues is he going to have in New York? Kevin Durant just needs to, like, and he's also ripping the media for what they do. He's a guy that created a burner account on Twitter to go at fans and young kids. This guy is the absolute definition of insecure. He can't handle the fact that he's not the best player in the world or he's not re- he's not regarded as the best player in the world. He can't handle the fact that LeBron is better than him. He can't handle the fact that fans haven't accepted him since he's beaten LeBron in the finals 2 years in a row. He can't handle it. And I don't know how he would he would be able to handle the New York media if he decides to go to the Knicks those rumors are legitimate and the media has every right to question him about it because he hasn't shut it down. He hasn't done anything to deter the media away from those questions. Like I'm focused on the Warriors or I'm focused on the rest of the season right now, not focused on free agency. It's all you got to say. You don't have to attack the media for it. If he's attacking the Bay Area media, he's going to he's going to have major issues with the media in New York. He just needs to learn to grow up. Definition of insecure, Kevin Durant. Um, And now NBA All-Star Weekend is going to be coming up right around the corner. We had the NBA All-Star Draft, and it was televised this year, which was actually really entertaining. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it after the fact on YouTube. And actually, it was really entertaining. It was really cool. Um, They did three rounds, obviously the starters round, then the reserves round, and then round three had... um, Two special additions by Commissioner Adam Silver, Dwayne Wade, and Dirk Nowitzki. So I'll just take you through how each round went. If you haven't seen it or just don't know, you may know the teams, but you may not know the the order of the picks. So obviously the starters for the, the All-Star team, besides LeBron and Giannis, were... um. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, um, Kemba Walker, Paul George, and Joel Embiid. LeBron James had the first pick in the draft because he was the leading vote getter. He took Kevin Durant. Giannis took Steph Curry with his first pick. Second pick, LeBron took Kyrie Irving. Not very surprised by that. I thought he was going to be first pick, but Kevin Durant makes sense as well. Um, Team Giannis took Joel Embiid with his second pick. Third pick, LeBron took Kawhi Leonard. Giannis's third pick, he took Paul George. And then LeBron rounded out his starting five with James Harden. And that left Giannis with Kemba Walker. I think definitely advantaged LeBron with the starting lineup. That I mean I mean both lineups are really good, but LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, that's an insane lineup compared to Steph Curry, Giannis, Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba Walker. And then if we go to the reserves, Giannis had the first pick in the reserves. He took his teammate, Chris Middleton. He promised he he promised he promised would take his teammate, Chris Middleton, which is obviously respectable. And I would do the same thing. Um, actually, I may not do the same thing. I would probably want the most stacked team possible. I'd probably just be like praying that my teammates there near the end and get all the players that are significantly better first. Um, But so Giannis took Chris Middleton, LeBron took Anthony Davis with his first pick in the second round, then Nikola Jokic to Team Giannis, then Clay Thompson, and then I'm not going to go through the rest, but LeBron had... After Clay Thompson, he took Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, and Bradley Beal. And Team Giannis took Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Nikola Vucevic, and Kyle Lowry. And then in round three, with Dirk and Dwayne Wade, LeBron had first pick, and he obviously took Surprise, surprise, Dirk Nowitzki. I'm just kidding. Dwayne Wade. Um, that was no surprise. Obviously, they've been best pals forever, won a couple championships together in Miami. It was clear LeBron was going to take Dwayne Wade, and then that left Giannis with Dirk Nowitzki. And then in, there was actually an, a trade after the All Star draft. LeBron and Giannis swapped Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons. So, that was interesting, I thought. So, if you go through the actual rosters, LeBron has Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Lamarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, and Dwayne Wade. And Giannis has Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Nikola Vucevic, and Kyle Lowry. And Dirk Nowitzki, sorry. It was down at the bottom of my page. I think my prediction for the All-Star Game, Team LeBron, without a doubt, just got way better players. But if you notice something... If you just look up these rosters and you just look, or if maybe you write them down as I'm saying them to you, if you look, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of the first six players taken by LeBron James have contract scenarios that that allow them to be able to sign with the Lakers or be on the Lakers squad this season, uh, at the end of this season. Kevin Durant is a free agent. He was linked to the Lakers months ago. Kyrie Irving is interested in teaming up with LeBron again. Kawhi Leonard wanted to go to the Lakers, and he he ended up getting traded to the Raptors. That's a possibility. James Harden's locked in, so that has no relevance. And then Anthony Davis obviously was involved in trade talks with the Lakers this season and the Lakers are probably going to go pursue him in the offseason again. And then Clay Thompson, also a guy rumored to be interested in signing with the Lakers in the off season. Very strategic drafting by LeBron James. They may have been the best players, but they're also strategically drafted to uh, kind of, you know, plant that seed and and get those guys in a laker one of those guys in a laker uniform, maybe two of, uh, preferably two for LeBron. Probably Anthony Davis and Clay Thompson, or Kyrie. But it's interesting. It's really interesting. And when when LeBron drafted Anthony Davis, um, Ernie Johnson, who was hosting the draft, said, "Are you sure, LeBron?" And then they kind of laughed. And then Giannis was like, isn't that tampering? And then they they made a good joke about it. And LeBron was like, tampering rules do not apply during All-Star Weekend. And I thought that was really funny. Um, because I thought for sure the Lakers would get slapped with a tampering fine. But that's really funny. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. That's that's gonna be a really good one to watch. Plus, you know the 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 dunk contest, three point contest, and skills challenge—they've all kind of lost their luster over the last couple of years. So, I would really love to see another good dunk contest, and we're always really into that. But we'll see how that goes. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. But uh, tonight, though. You'll probably be hearing this later on tonight, but um, the new football league is starting. This new spring football league, the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, kicks off tonight. Um, There are eight squads. So let's see if I can find the rosters here, because that would, or not necessarily the rosters, but the teams. Okay, well that doesn't help. Ah, jokes. Can't find it. Let's see here. Okay. So... If we go to the home on AAF.com, and then we go to, no, that's not what I wanted. Okay, well, this is not helpful. Google is not very helpful, I guess. AAF Teams. Jeez, that was way more complicated than it needed to be. So we have... The Arizona Hotshots, the Orlando Apollos, the San T- San Antonio Commanders, the Salt Lake Stallions, Atlanta Legends, Birmingham Iron, San Diego Fleet, and Memphis Express. That's actually yeah. The, that's that's all the teams. So if you're missing football, if you've got kind of uh, you're, you're kind of missing football, you, you got withdrawal. New Football League starts tonight. The AAF, they've got some really interesting rules as well. Uh, No extra points. You have to go for two after every touchdown. There's no kickoffs. You just start from the 25-yard line. And instead of onside kicks, which are virtually impossible to recover, there's this new rule where you can only do it within the uh, last five minutes of the game. And if you want to kick or if you want to do what's called an onside kick you basically get a get one play from your own 35 yard line it's fourth and ten if you convert you get the ball and you get a new drive but if you don't convert then the opposing team takes over from there so it's got some really interesting rules i'm really excited obviously i'm not going to know a lot of the players but i picked san diego fleet based on uniforms Um kind of salty though because josh johnson was their quarterback he was their number one pick and he ended up getting signed by the redskins so he's not on the team anymore and i was really looking forward to that but i picked the fleet just based on uh, uniforms alone because they look really sick and i'm a sucker for like gray i love like gray uniforms and it's got a nice hint of yellow in there um so i'm picking the san diego fleet you pick your team you watch at eight o'clock tonight Shout out San Diego Fleet Go Fleet um, but that's all for me for for this Friday well it's actually Saturday's episode. I didn't get I wasn't able to do one yesterday um, but be sure to follow me on Twitter at the Will Ford show, rate and review the show on iTunes, like and comment on SoundCloud, and also check me out on YouTube uh, search the Will Ford show on YouTube check out clips from each podcast. And you really get to see what my whole setup is like. My Dallas Cowboys bedroom. I'm not ashamed. I don't care. I love it. But that's all for, for me for this week, guys. We'll catch you guys in episode 60, the Big Six O, next Tuesday. It's WFS.